Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Biolabs podcast series. At the end of the last program, we talked about the functional aspects of the modifications of spliceosomal small nuclear RNA. Different experiments have given us clues that spliceosomal small nuclear RNA modifications might affect precursor messenger RNA splicing. In addition, we learned that small nuclear RNA modification of the spliceosome is necessary for small nuclear RNP assembly and precursor messenger RNA splicing. Finally, we discussed the genetic anatomy of small nuclear RNA modification in Saccharomyces cerevisiae. As we all know, both small nuclear RNA and ribosomal RNA of spliceosomes contain a variety of post-transcriptional modified nucleotides. Today, David will tell us about the functional aspects of the modifications of ribosomal RNA. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thank you for your invitation, Connie. I'm very excited to be here. Let's begin by reviewing what ribosomal RNA is. Ribosomal RNA is a component of the ribosome. It has an evolutionarily conserved structure. It is important for the translation process, although their sequences can be different between different organisms. But a common feature is the presence of modified nucleotides. Similar to spliceosomal small nuclear RNA, pseudouracil and 2-O-methylation are the most common modifications in ribosomal RNA. Why do you think that ribosomal RNA modification contributes to ribosome function? Well, I can give you some evidence. For example, although there is no significant difference in the size and number of ribosomal proteins between prokaryotes and lower and higher eukaryotes, the number of modifications will increase with the complexity of biological evolution. In addition, three-dimensional maps derived for Escherichia coli and Saccharomyces cerevisiae ribosomes show that modifications of important functional regions of ribosomes gather together, such as peptidyl transferase centers, A, P, and E sites for transport RNA and messenger RNA binding, peptide exit tunnels, and subunit interaction sites. These data strongly suggest that post-transcriptional modification of ribosomal RNA affects ribosome function. How can we analyze the effect of global depletion of 2-O-methylated or pseudouridine on ribosome biogenesis and function? So scientists have known for quite some time that archaeal and eukaryotic ribosomal RNA modifications, including 2-foot-O-methylation and pseudouridylation, are catalyzed by BOX-C or D-RNPs and BOX-H or ACA-RNPs, respectively. Specifically, BOX-C or D-N-H or ACA small nuclear RNAs are associated with four evolutionarily conserved core proteins respectively, and only one of them is considered to have the catalytic activity required for the modification reaction. And with this information in mind, we can then destroy the catalytic center of the enzyme specifically, and you know, analyze their effect on ribosome biogenesis and function. 
Let's assume the methylation of ribosomal RNA is inhibited. What do you think will happen to the ribosome synthesis? We can find the answer through the results of related experiments, which showed that although the methylation of ribosomal RNA or precursor ribosomal RNA is severely inhibited, there is only a slight obstacle to 18S and 25S subunit synthesis. However, the production of mature ribosomal subunits of the 60S subunit was delayed by sucrose gradient centrifugation. These results suggest that ribosomal RNA methylation plays a small role in precursor ribosomal RNA processing, but may play an important role in the assembly of ribosomal subunits, or the combination of the two may lead to a temperature-sensitive phenotype. How do we evaluate the role of ribosomal RNA pseudouracil in ribosomal biogenesis? To answer this question, let's check out experiments dated back to early 1999. Point mutations in pseudouridine synthetase enabled scientists to assess the role of ribosomal RNA pseudouridine in ribosomal biogenesis. In 18S and 25S ribosomal RNA, the mutation of aspartic acid residues was generally conservative, so the pseudouridine formation was not detected. The growth defects of Saccharomyces cerevisiae strains expressing pseudouridine synthetase were serious and the levels of 18S and 25S ribosomal RNA were decreased. Moreover, the sucrose gradient analysis of ribosome assembly showed that the biological occurrence of 40S and 60S subunits was also seriously defective. These data strongly demonstrate the role of ribosomal RNA pseudouridine in RNA processing and subunit assembly. Is it possible that we can use genetics to solve the functional role of pseudouridine in specific regions of the ribosome? So using a three-dimensional map of yeast ribosome, we can obtain the aggregation of modification in 3D space. This information, together with the identification of the box H or ACA RNA, responsible for guiding the pseudouridine residues of almost all ribosomal RNA pseudouridine residues, I would say, yes, it is possible. In the past, the importance of pseudouracil action in the peptidyl transferase center was systematically analyzed by deleting the small nuclear RNA gene responsible for guiding pseudouracil action in the peptidyl transferase center. Can you tell us about the conclusion that they draw from this experiment? Yeah. They concluded that except for SNR10, the deletion of any single small nuclear RNA only resulted in a very small phenotype. However, if several or all small nuclear RNAs were missing at the same time, the translation rate would be significantly reduced by the incorporation of isotope labeled methionine in vivo. Here I want to point out that SNR10 is involved in precursor ribosomal RNA processing. Surprisingly, the point mutation in SNR10 destroys its ability to direct modification. The mutant also maintains its ability to process precursor ribosomal RNA but the translation speed has been reduced by 30%, and the polymer profile has changed. Does ribosomal RNA modification affect the chemistry of protein synthesis? Unlikely, because all modifications are not within the recommended peptide bond formation sites. But it is reasonable to expect that these modifications may regulate other key events in translation, such as transport RNA binding or translocation through the ribosome. Can you tell us how the subunits of the ribosome are assembled? The large and small subunits are connected by a series of bridges that are conserved throughout evolution. Apart from acting as molecular glue, 
Do these bridges have additional functions? I like that molecular glue metaphor. But yes, other than linking 40s and 60s subunits together in protein synthesis, these bridges also have additional functions, including signaling from subunits' functional centers to regulating ribosome transport RNA interactions in transport RNA translocation. As in other regions of ribosome, subunits' bridge has abundant post-transcriptional modified nucleotides. I'm very interested in the effect of RNA modification. Do you know if there is any experimental study on this? Of course. For example, the modification function of the H69 region of Saccharomyces cerevisiae was systematically studied by constructing the deletion strain of small nuclear RNAs. As with the modifications observed in other regions, under standard conditions, loss of either or both of the modifications did not result in significant growth phenotype or translation damage. However, the absence of two pseudouridine sites A and B increases the sensitivity of neomycin aminoglycoside. These data sounds to me clearly show that these modifications affect the structure of the ribosome. You are right. In addition, cells lacking three or more modifications in this region exhibit many translation-related phenotypes. This includes reduced translation rate, reduced translation fidelity, and reduced ribosomal RNA due to faster turnover. So yeah, not only affect the structure, these modifications can affect the synthesis and function of the ribosome as well. We now know the post-transcriptional modified nucleotides cooperate to manipulate ribosomal properties. It is well known that messenger RNA is translated on ribosomes according to strict decoding rules during the process of translation extension. Although this process is considered to be very accurate, a large amount of data accumulated over the past 15 years tell us that unconventional decoding, that is, the frequency of recoding can be as high as 40%. This phenomenon may include events such as termination of codon read-through, code shifting and ribosome jumping. Do you know what methods we can use to study the role of ribosomal RNA modification in translation fidelity? I know some methods have been used in experiments. For example, bisestronic dual luciferase reporters have been used in vivo to quantify changes in the fidelity of programmed plus one and minus one programmed ribosomal frameshifts, nonsense codon suppression, and aminoacylated transport RNA selection. So far, all the small nuclear RNA deficient strains have not detected any defects in plus one programmed ribosomal frameshift. However, it is worth noting that the ability of several small nuclear RNA deficient strains to recognize translation stop codons is very accurate. Based on the current results, although a lot of functional data on ribosomal RNA modification and translation fidelity have been collected, do you think there is still a lack of a clear and concise picture of how these modifications work? I totally agree. But it is clear that most of these modifications, when removed alone, do not affect cell viability or ribosomal performance, at least under normal laboratory conditions. Importantly, we have enough data to say that these modifications synergistically regulate the structure and function of ribosomes. Thank you, David, for bringing us a great discussion. Thanks everyone for listening. We will continue our discussion on RNA modifications next week. See you next time.